You're listening to The Jack Skilly Show, brought to you by Hammer Media. On Season 1, we're looking at youth development. You can learn more at hmmrmedia.com. Here's your host, professional hockey player, Jack Skilly. Welcome uh, welcome back to the show. Last week we had my dad. That was that was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This week uh, we got a good good buddy of mine over the years. Uh, never never played with with him, but he's got had a, a fantastic uh, NHL career. He's still playing for the Nashville Predators. Uh, Madison native, Madison Borden kid. Um, so I know he's a great guy uh, just due to that fact. But we got Craig Smith from the National Predators on the line. Why don't you say say hello, Craig? Hey guys, <laughs> thanks for having me. This is this is uh, pretty unique. I'm, I'm pumped for you to, to get this started, so I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, thanks. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know you said the power lines and everything due to storms have been down the last three days. You've been out of power, so really appreciate the commitment for your buddy here and uh, getting jumping on a call. So it's pretty awesome. But um, so Smitty, we we kind of we started every kind of um, podcast with just the the story of the individual that we're we're talking with and we obviously we're, t- we're covering the topic of youth development why don't you why don't you kind of bring us through your youth development your your start hockey you know who who got you into the game who where did you play in Madison and and uh what did that landscape look like for you I would go back to I would go back to early on with my dad he was he had hockey on all the time um and I I knew that my uncle, he, he had, he was going to Wisconsin Badger games, um, quite a bit and was, was a season ticket holder for a long time. So, um, hockey was just kind of around at the, at, at the time. And I kind of just got interested and I would always kind of watch it with my dad. And so he just took me to the rink one day. Um, it was actually an outdoor rink where we first started. There was quite a, quite a few of them in Madison. So, um, that's kind of how I got my start. And then we, just played minor hockey with um, with one of the local clubs and just kind of moving up. You know, things kind of progressed and one thing led to another. And, you know, I, I really liked it and it was kind of found a groove and it was something that I was really, I guess, attracted to and just kind of thrived in the moment. You know, going through that, there was um, some twists and turns when you, when you start getting 14, 15, there's some opportunities to play in different areas. But yeah, I mean that that's kind of how I how I got started, just in a, a local area, and, and there was a, a kickstart of the Madison Capitals AAA club, which which at that time was kind of revolutionary for for us because we were only playing talent from across town. I mean now that now we're going to be able to play talent from across the Midwest and and starting to get into the Minnesota and and, and uh, St. Louis areas and starting to play different kind of. Um, competition. So, I mean, that, that was, that was the biggest part. I opening for me, I never played against, um, I mean, you, you always feel like the kids in your town are the best and then you get outside of your town and you realize you're just a little pin perspective in the world. So, uh, that was, that was definitely, um, I opened for me. Yeah, that's really cool. That's kind of what my, my dad, but you know, my dad pretty well, he brought up last week is just talking about, you know, Vilas park and skating on the lagoon oh, yeah. and, um, you know, doing that, that whole thing. And I'm sure there's a lot of rinks on the East side of Madison. I never made it out there for, for outdoor skating, but I'm sure there's a lot of great ones. Madison was really good with keeping up the, 
outdoor ice and there are obviously the lakes all around town so people that are listening don't know madison it's a great spot not only in the summer but um if you want to go get some you know enjoy the winter in a, in a cool nice little family oriented town uh, that has some good outdoor skating madison's the place to go not to mention university but um that's really cool smitty that's uh you know you're, you're spot on because for me that was the same way i kind of had the same same kind of upbringing just started in a, a kind of a double a program and, and learned how to skate really uh on the side of my grandpa's house actually 10 foot by 10 foot by sheet that he made and uh, my dad used to make rinks in the backyard and uh, i can totally um resonate with that that's pretty cool and and then you talked about you know joining madison capitals right that's uh you know um obviously local triple a program that um you know was just starting when i was a kid you're a little bit younger than i am so it was kind of more full force when when you kind of got to that age but um yeah that's that's pretty cool that you bring up the fact that you're probably the best player on your team the double a programs and you go and play triple a and you notice that hey man you're not you're kind of in the middle of the pack now so it's a good lesson to learn at a young age that's for sure definitely definitely man i mean we even went to the route of um i mean just getting older i mean both of us played high school hockey and realized how big of an impact that was. I mean, you were able to win a national championship when, were your sophomore year? Was that before you left? Uh, you mean in, in college? No. National championship um, in college. Oh, you're talking team Wisconsin. Actually, my dad. No, I wasn't. Um, you know that. So the state championship, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, we didn't make it to the finals in state. Um, we made it to the quarterfinals. But my dad, the year prior, I think it was my freshman year. Yeah, it was my freshman year uh, of high school. He he was coaching the team Wisconsin team that won the national championship AAA. Um, so I didn't win a championship until. While I was senior, we won the world championships at USA, um, and then we yep. we uh, um, won the national championship freshman year, that, which you know about. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the hockey atmosphere in Madison, that's for sure. And and can you kind of like for the people that are listening, you know, can you talk about you know the, uh, what it was like practicing every week? Um, if you can remember, um, what were, what were some things for the kids out there? What were some things that you did to, um, compensate for maybe the lack of ice time, uh, through the organization? Um, as far, as far as just growing up through like the youth groups and, and stuff, is that where you're, you're kind of going yeah. at? Cause I, I didn't, I mean, we, we would practice, we practiced like twice a week when I was growing up, but at the time it really wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, cause um, depending on where you were in the season, I always play different sports. I mean, I, 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 we just never, we, I wasn't, I wasn't in that era where it was just all hockey. And if you're not playing it, you're going to be training for it. It was, you play your games, you did your season. And then if there was some overlap baseball or you're, you're playing football or doing something like that, I mean, that was, that was kind of the thing, but I mean, I mean, I was I was always trying to stay active. My dad really encouraged me to to, to explore the the physical part of it, and um, you know, whether it's just it could be simple as going for a run and just just kind of staying moving. He was always a big believer in just um, just keeping your body moving and, and doing different things. Um, so I kind of I kind of dove into that. I mean, I we, we would play baseball in the in the spring, and um, I can always remember not feeling like I got enough from baseball 
and getting home and like going for these runs. And like, I would run by one of the, um, one of the football or no baseball staff's house, like after practice. And I remember one time, I'll never forget the look on his face when he pulled into his driveway and he saw me running as soon as I got home, <laughs> like I didn't get enough. So it was, uh, that was kind of always ingrained into me and just kind of just to, I guess, try to work a little bit harder, be a little bit, be a little creative. And, um, yeah, I guess, I guess those were sort of the things that I was, that I was doing. I mean, I really didn't get into specific practice until maybe 17, 18. It was quite a bit later in my career. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, that's kind of a common theme that we're hearing from every guest that we have in the show. We, you know, they, they talk about the fact that they have a pretty good background of just playing other sports in the offseason hockey. And we had Angela Ricci, the skills development coach um, from the Philadelphia Flyers. You might know him. He was, he was with the Buffalo Sabres for a while as well. Lives out in Denver. But, um, you know, he, he was talking about because he, he runs a triple a program out of Denver and he's just saying like, it's a year round sport for these kids. And it's just crazy. Like how many games they play um, the injuries that kind of are coming out of it. Now there's more ACL injuries and hip injuries than ever before. And, and yeah. And that, and the thing is, is uh, you know, obviously maybe the times have changed and parents listening to this, maybe just that's the way it is nowadays that maybe we're just a couple old timers, but um, compared to the rest of, you know, the hockey world, the younger hockey world, I guess, but you know, I think there's some serious value in, in playing other sports. And I think, again, I kind of, we're kind of going redundant here because we've, we've said this in a few podcasts, but I think this is pretty obvious that the story doesn't really ever change um, as far as athletic development goes. I think it's super important for for kids to, to grow up with other sports. And, and you know, obviously Smitty here, he's, he's saying the same exact thing. Um, I mean, it, it, the thing is, one thing that I did want to talk about, I was thinking about this interview, is like, Smitty, playing like I, I didn't really get to know you until probably after what your sophomore year when you we went to world world championships together in Slovakia, right? Was that sophomore year for you? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Okay, so and I didn't really I remember kind of seeing you wondering who that guy is that's working harder than everybody else in the in the team and during my off seasons you know you were with the badgers the players working out and you kind of stood out as a hard worker and but then i got to know you and it's so funny over the years i'm like man this guy is a worker like he you love to work i i don't think i've ever met anybody other than jack johnson who just like revels in the work um that needs to be done off the ice can you kind of talk about you know, and, and I think that's a huge reason why you have had, you know, not only made it to the NHL, but had, have had a great career so far and it's going to continue to be successful. Um, what what kind of instilled that? You know, obviously, other than your father just saying, you know, getting moving. But what was kind of uh, what was what were some things that you learned along the way that just helped you learn how to be motivated um, to motivate yourself, really? I just. I guess it was, you know, it was definitely, I mean, all this stuff really stems from your parents. I mean, so I can't, I can't emphasize emphasis enough how much I thank my parents, uh, just for the way that I was, I was brought up and, and just, uh, um, in the environment of hard work. I mean, I remember, I remember going home one time and, and I, I had a bad game and my dad, maybe I let up or something during the game. And my dad was just like, I don't care if you, if you, if you, if you screw up or you're having a bad game, like go 110, 
at least. And uh, I remember he actually said that one time, and like that was it. I was like, I got it. I got it. So, um, I mean, after that, it was just, I felt that I don't know the work that he put in. I mean, it's just, I always felt to take it upon myself to just be prepared. Um, I just kind of became obsessed with that, that if I wasn't doing it, somebody else is doing it. And I guess it all just comes down to accountability at the time. I, I didn't think about that at the time, and now I'm, now I'm actually tracing it back. And, um, I just wanted to be ready. I wanted to be as, as, as good as I could possibly be. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care if anybody was watching or not. So I think, um, just going through that, uh, that, that was kind of my mindset. Yeah. Martin, you kind of brought that up for you too, for hammer throwing. You kind of, you kind of had the same similar mindset. You know, you started putting in more work, you started seeing better results and that just motivated you to keep on working. And you kind of talked about that. I think it was in the first episode, but, um, it's a bit like a drug, you know, you, you just get a little taste of it and you're like, I like that. And, um, you know, when we were talking to your dad a bit about okay, hammer throwing, it's, it's, it's not a fun sport in the sense of it's not a game, but that, uh, that thrill of getting better, that's what keeps you coming back. That's, that's the addictive part. Yeah. That's, and that's cool. Like Smitty definitely has that. Um, I think, I don't want to sit there and say that you either have it or you don't, but it can definitely be grown in within you. But some guys just have that natural knack of just, just wanting more and more and more and not stopping until they get it. And maybe just never stopping. And, you know, Smitty, you're kind of one of those guys that I I was having a tough time keeping up with you in my off season. Um, You know, I was just always like, man, this guy (laughs) wants to do two or three times on the ice, like with Sean Alar. So Sean Alar is our skill coach and he's a skill coach for the, Colorado. I don't know if he's going back to the avalanche or not, but uh, hopefully get him on the show in the future. But yeah, Smitty, you'd want to get on the ice after like a, a weightlifting workout. You wanted to be on the ice for a two a day or a three day. And I'm looking at him like, man, I'm old. Like, come on. Like, I want to, you know, get I'm one good hour in and then hit up the <laughs> golf course for crying out loud. Um, so, but then maybe that's why you're still in the NHL and I'm not. But the thing is, is like, um, you know, growing up in the Madison atmosphere, obviously you're from the east side of madison everyone that's from madison knows like the east side of madison like that's where it's like a, a blue collar and blue collar part of town like that's where the hardest workers um you know they live and it, it's a great part of town obviously it's it's a very homegrown and and um kind of a nostalgic place as far as you know growing up in the midwest but um i think that's probably something you know my wife talks to me about every day tells me um she's from edgerton wisconsin so she we talk about the kind of midwestern blue collar mentality of work and you you definitely have that you've taken that into your career and i think that there's so many kids out there um that play this sport that it's an expensive sport and i think um and I don't want to bash anybody, but there's a little bit of a sense of entitlement here that they don't understand. Like, hey, you got to put in the work and you got to outwork that person next to you. Just like you said to me, like, if you're not going to do it, someone else is going to do it. And it seems to me that the new wave of kids, it's like you're going to play me a ton and I'm going to be the best player on the team because you're playing me a ton or I'm going to sit there and cry and pout on the bench. Um, that wasn't going on when we were kids. No, <laughs> no, no I, yeah. I, I would definitely say that. I mean, there was, um, I mean, just us growing up. I mean, there was a reason you played the game the way you did. 
Um, and if there was anything else going on, it was just, I guess it was just bull. But, um, I mean, just growing up, I mean, like, like my dad, I mean, he's, he's, he always would tell me that just, I guess like the way you, the way you play the games, you know, says a lot about you. So, I mean, um, I mean, that's, that's hands down. That, that doesn't lie. Yeah, and that's the funny thing. The funny thing you say that because Jonathan Tate said that second episode here. He's like, you can tell a lot about the guy's character just by the way he plays the game, um, which is which is pretty cool for to hear from him and obviously to hear from you now. Um, so let's kind of shift gears here. So you you obviously played high school. You went the high school route, which is um, you know. So you said you played a little bit of Madison Capital AAA, kind of in between. Correct? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, I played, played okay. four or five years there for Capitals. Okay, so then, so that's a big decision early on. Like, you decided not to stick with it in high school. You decided to go the actual public high school route in Madison and played for La Follette, right? Yeah, yeah, which... So I was so what, what drove that decision? Uh, well, at the time, I wasn't, I didn't play for the Capitals my eighth grade season before I went into high school. I I just played for the triple A or for the, for the double A team, um, but I remember going to I remember going to a, a high school game. I think I was watching Mitch Kurds. I don't I don't know if you remember that guy. I think he was yeah I played against him yeah. Uh, Stoughton, I think he was playing for, but they had like a big they had a big time um, uh, game leading up to state against Memorial, and I went to MIA Arena. And I remember the whole place was packed, and I just being—I remember sitting there being like, "I'm playing high school hockey this year," and uh, I was pumped about it. I thought it was great, and then it kind of fell into our laps that the whole opportunity of playing before and after high school um, would kick into play, which means you would be able to play um, 20 games before the season at AAA level, and then you'd be able to play the, all the tournaments um, after your high school season's done. So you still get the same amount of games, but you get the you get to stay home and play for your high school. So um, that was a huge part of it. I think we just got lucky that we got uh, set up with a, set up with a team that was coming out of uh, Milwaukee at the time and just being able to have that, still have that competitive competition going on, but yet you could still do what you wanted, play at home. And, and, uh, and I, you know, realistically, you're not traveling that much. I mean, you still, you just at the beginning and the end of the season was, was really it. And, and triple A, it's just, it's just, it's a grind. And there's, um, I, there's so much travel and there's so much, I mean, it, it's expensive to play triple A hockey. I, I don't know what it is, uh, what it's like nowadays, but back then it, it, it was definitely a, a, a push. Um, so, but we just got lucky enough. Um, I know that you played, you played for Team Wisconsin too, right? Yeah, so you, so I didn't know you played before and after Team Wisconsin. I, I should have assumed that because obviously you were one of the best players in the state um, at that age. Um, but yeah, I played Verona High School. I kind of had the same exact story as you. I, I, I played just only a couple of years at, at like, you know, Squirt and Pee with with uh, AAA uh, Madison Capitals and then uh, to be totally honest like um, my family we couldn't afford it 
like it was just too much. Um, my, you know, obviously my dad was a teacher full time and coach and all that stuff. And, and, um, you know, paying, paying for hotels and travel every single weekend for 60 plus games a year, whatever that is. I mean, that just was not in the cards for my family, but they would have done it if I, if I decided, Hey, like I really want to play for the Madison Capitals. I know they would have done it. They would have grinded away for me, but I just, you know, my decision, I wanted to play with my buddies and it's really cool that you bring that up. Like you, you see a high school game, it's packed, you know, like it's not the best level of hockey. Come on. We know that, but you're playing in front of your whole part of town. You have your peers, you got your, your the people that you go to school with. Um, you got your, your family and friends locally that can come in and, and, and watch. And, and it's just a packed environment. I don't think there's anything cooler. There's, there's, there's nothing more intimate than the high school hockey environment as a young player. And I think a lot of these triple a programs at least kids that are playing these 60 plus games a year and traveling around are missing out on that and um i think it was for me at least smitty it was really cool to kind of like you know play a big game against uh you know uh madison west or memorial or or uh gosh who was our who was our main main competitor so we had we had stoughton and teams like that uh, oregon yeah yeah east and all that yeah for you guys yeah yeah Middleton, like even Middleton, like you, you play a game against a local school and you score the game winning goal or, you know, you score a goal, you're walking the hallways, you're puffing your chest a little bit. You know what I mean? It, it was just really, it's just really fun and, and a cool environment to play in. And a lot of kids miss out on that. Yeah, totally. I know. I totally agree. I just, I, I remember my freshman year. I mean, if you, if you did anything playing prep hockey back home, I mean, you were in the paper. I guess that was that was a way to get some ink and maybe get a little little picture or write up or something in the paper, and the next day, right. totally, man, you, you just feel awesome like going to school the next day, and you see everybody, and like because your whole life you play hockey and nobody knows that you really do it until you right. get to I guess you get to show yourself a little bit in, in high school and um, she let, I mean that that was a cool part for me I'm, I'm exactly I know it was it, for you and, yeah yeah. And then think about the player that's playing the triple A program that doesn't ever make it. You know what I mean? So like, they've never probably ever, they've never played in front of a crowd, you know? And that's, I, I think that's sad to me. And it, it's funny you bring that up. And I just, it, it kind of takes me down that memory lane for like, you know, sophomore year. Yeah. Mike, Mike Eves is coming to my games and I'm like, you know, trying to keep it together mentally. You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Mike Eves is watching my game, and, and Mike Eves is the coach at University of Wisconsin that time. So, I'm getting scouted, and, and people talk about exposure. You know, like, oh, I don't have, to, I didn't have to fly. I know, obviously, growing up in the Midwest, we we're not in Utah, we're not in Arizona, we're not in these small, you know, scaled uh, hockey towns or states um, out west. But, you know. I was exposed right there. You were exposed. I mean, you got University of Wisconsin right there in town, and and you got Mike Eves coming to your games, and you're just like, man, I better perform tonight. And and I'm, in, you know, I was like 14 years old. Next thing you know, I'm committing to the University of Wisconsin. I mean, I remember that article coming out, and I was sitting in like a, I think it was like a business 101 class in high school. And the and the teacher came in with the the Wisconsin State Journal article with me on the front page, like committed at 15 years old, and slapped it on the table in front of the whole class. And I was like, "That is cool." Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it was like it was, yeah. 
And I, and I, and I honestly think that I would have probably missed out on that um, had I played triple A hockey, but you know, obviously every route's different and, and all that jazz, but um, you know, that was the route that you and I took and, and Hey, we made it. We, we were just success, successful as, as anybody else um, that played triple A. And, and I think that's, what's uh, a true Testament to, to high school hockey, even though it's not the greatest level in Wisconsin, but they still, they still um, play enough games. It's, it's a nostalgic atmosphere and, and then Team Wisconsin, you played AAA before and after. You got the the AAA dosage before and after your high school um, year. So it was a good, good kind of balance. Um, so you, I don't know exactly when. So when did you decide to go uh, USHL? How did you, how did you kind of um, get exposed to that? Um. It was it was through Team Wisconsin. So at the time they were playing up in the upper Midwest elite Minnesota hockey league. So it was just like all the best players from the Minnesota hockey league, Minnesota high school hockey league were creating teams. I think they maybe had five teams at the time when I was going. Yeah, I remember that they actually did that. Yeah. They did that my second year at team Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing because you go to all these, um, I mean, you go to a bunch of triple a games. I mean, you just got like games on the weekends in different places until at tournaments, you're probably not seeing, and I don't say you're not going to see it, but you're probably not going to see the volume of scouts you would at the tournaments. Now, that being said, playing for the, in that playing for this league up in, up in Minnesota, there was a pad of paper on the table and all 30 teams were there every single game, every weekend. I mean, it was amazing the, the amount of exposure you got. So, um, I mean, you can imagine pro scouts are there. There's going to be junior scouts. And, um, that's kind of where, um, you know, they, they had, uh, uh seen me and, and, and definitely go, going up to the, the ranks of, of USA festival camps and, um, you know, all that stuff kind of adds into it and getting your name out there and stuff. So I remember getting a letter um, from them to come to their open camp. So they were running two at a time open and then they would do an invitational camp only. I couldn't make the open one. And at the time I was only a sophomore in high school. So I was 16 years old. I didn't really know where I was going or how good I was or where, how, where I would fit in or what the timeline was for me. But I remember we sent them back a letter and we were like, I think it was like a handwritten letter or something. We told them, we're like, Hey, we can't make it. Uh, we're sorry. And they, so they sent a letter back and they invited us to the invite camp. And I was like, Oh, okay. That raises your eyes. But I was a little bit. So, um, so yeah, that, that was it, man. We went, I went to camp. I had a, I had a good camp, kind of surprised myself a little bit. And, um, you know, next thing I knew I was sitting in Waterloo, Iowa and, um, you know, I had, uh, I think Marco Siki came down to watch, uh, practice one day and it was pretty, uh, it was a pretty cool day. <laughs> uh, but after that, that was, that was the, uh, the time that I committed to Wisconsin about 48 hours later. So, um, that was kind yeah, of, that's, yeah, Marco Siki was the assistant. Yeah, Marco Siki, for those of you who don't know, was the assistant uh, back then as well. He, he took he went away to Ohio State, and then he's back there as an assistant again. But, yeah, that's uh, that's great. You know, that's, again, a great story of um, if you're good enough, you will be exposed. And there's no – I mean, it, everyone's all worried about 
I mean, 10, 12 years old and 14, 13 years old getting exposure. Um, and I just like, I just kind of, I don't shake my head. I, I understand. I, I empathize with the parents that they, they want the, what's best for their kid and they want to set up the greatest opportunities. But, um, in reality, um, you, if you're good enough, you will, you're going to play great at a tournament somewhere. You're going to, you don't have to play 70 games, 60, 70 games a year to do it. You know, you, you can play a regular high school season, develop at home, and then you play on a team where you're, you're exposed a couple tournaments out of the year and you never know who's in the stands. You just never know. And if you're good enough, you're going to be exposed. So you decided to go to Waterloo. Um, did you have any other options, Smitty, um, as far as junior hockey went? Or um, were you were you trying to – was USA Hockey talking to you at all? No, no, no. At the, at the time, I, I, was, I wasn't really developed yet. Um, I guess I guess where my game was at the time was like I could skate really fast, but I didn't have much else going on. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what the, so just look like Maurice Mendoza out there. Oh, I could just fly, but I had. I mean, I was like a buck sixty. I had. I, I was still growing. I, I still grew two inches, and uh, I was just really at like a awkward. Um, uh, developmental stage, I guess, physically. So when I went to Waterloo, I, I didn't really have any other, other choices. I wasn't drafted. Um, I was, I was really kind of an untold story though. So I, I just, um, you know, I ended up making the team surprise myself and, um, had an okay rookie season. I mean, it was, um, you know, just going back. I mean, I just wanted to touch on what you said earlier. There's, there's no right way. There's no right path. I mean, for, for us back then, I mean, they're really, you kind of found your own way and you wanted to show up at the big tournaments and you wanted to try to do these things. But at the same time, man, like everybody's story is so different. I mean, mine, mine was just like, I was really, I was, I guess I was under the radar for a long time. I mean, if you want to play and you want to do this and you, and you just, you got a passion for it and you just got a fire in you, that's just not going to stop. I mean, it's just, um, you know, there's, there's, if you want to do it, there's somewhere to play and there's somewhere to kind of find your way through the system. And, um, you know, like I said, man, there's, you never know who's watching and you never know in that moment or something looks good or you do something great or I mean, it only takes one person to like you to, to make a difference in your life. Right. Totally. And you got the, you know, we obviously there's so many different junior programs or junior leagues out there. Now I get the NHL that it was still existed when I was playing um, at USHL. Obviously that was there. That's been there forever. And I mean, there's, there's new smaller leagues, maybe some lower level leagues that kind of are feeders into those two leagues. Um, there's always a place to play. There's always an opportunity. And can you kind of just talk with, with us about your, your kind of, um, experience playing in the ushl what was that like so for the the listener that's listening you know, maybe their kid is being scouted by ushl teams are calling and, and they don't really know um anything about it and they don't really have anybody to really talk to or ask advice for it so what what can you can can you kind of explain the atmosphere of the ushl what what a kid what you went through um and what these parents and, and people listening can expect their kids to go through i i had an un- unbelievable experience with it. Um, but as a, as a kid, I mean, you really don't know what you're getting into. Um, I guess, I mean, those are, you're nervous and you want to, you want to fit in and do all these things. And like, that was, that was like, 
you know, I wanted that. Um, but at the same time, I knew that this was like a huge step in the right direction. And this is where you need to be. Um, and it's such a, a great developmental league. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the percentages nowadays, but it was like 90% of the guys were going D1 out of there. Um, you know, during the time that I was kind of coming through, but I mean, you get with your team and you got guys that are 20 year olds and you got guys that, I mean, there's 15 year olds in the league. That there's just such a, a big swing, but, um, you know, with the, with the way that, you know, the hockey environment is, um, and, and, uh, I guess the way, uh, you know, guys are coaching nowadays. I mean, the, the teams and the kids, um, you know, are great and mature and, and I know that, um, they're, they're probably more advanced in the, in the maturity levels as, as, as we were, because, um, I guess everything is just kind of set back. Maybe, maybe it's a couple more years and, and they're kind of exposed to a few different more things than, than we were at the time. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a great league. They do a great job with, with, with bringing players through and, and getting guys to, to colleges. And, and that's what they want, man. They, you come there and you play for these teams, like all these coaches, they want you to move on and go to the best school you can go to. And, um, I, you know, I couldn't have had a better experience. With it. Yeah, that's cool. And that's the thing that's, it is a developmental league and, and, um, the good coaches, I, I would assume in that league, um, understand that if you move on to D one, then they look good and their program looks good. And that's kind of the motivation for them. Um, not only just to say that they had maybe a, a piece of time with, uh, uh, an NHL player down the road, but, um, like, like yourself, but also just the fact that, you know, they're trying to grow a program themselves. So that's super important. But what about like the, you know, what, what did it look like for you as far as uh, away from the rink um, in the USHL? What what did that landscape look like for you? Where did you go to school? Did, did you live with a family? What were they like? Um, and and how was that overall experience? Yeah, it was it was it was definitely definitely different. Um, I'm you know you get into I guess the guidance counselor office and and they're kind of it's like maybe the first couple of days that you're there and your family will be there. They're kind of walking you through the school and showing you what that kind of looks like. And, you know, you go to your house, you drop your gear off, maybe you have a, a meal with the, the family there with your family, just to kind of get acquainted with each other. But it's very, it's very like, it happens quick. And, and, um, I mean, I was just so excited at the time that like, I, I was like, okay, cool. I this is who I'm living with now. <laughs> like, like, just keep doing what I'm doing. And like, um, well, yeah, you, I mean, you get in there and the, how the school works is, is um, for us, I mean, we went to school like three hours, I mean, it was like three hours a day, three, three four hours at, at the most. So, um, you know, you know, one of the things that the, that the, that the guidance counselor told us is that, you know, you, you're going to have, I guess you're not going to be as prepared for college, the college work. Um, as you would be being a regular student. So that was the only hurdle um, that it was just going to be, a, you're not going to get, you're not going to benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, so that was going to be a little bit of a challenge, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, they, they take good, great care of you. Um, you know, the only difference is, is you got to travel 12 hours, um, maybe on a Tuesday night out to, try city storm to, to play a game and, and come back the next day. And I don't know, maybe you get back at four in the morning and you, and you got to get it up and kind of gut it out and go to school. And, um, 
and then you got practice the next day. So it's, uh, you know, it was a bit of a grind sometimes, but I mean, you're around the guys so much. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a cool experience. You'll never be around guys and, and know guys, um, more than in junior. I thought, I mean, cause it was just, I, mean, I don't know if you saw the same way playing for the program, but I mean, you're around those guys 124 seven. Yeah. And you make friends for life. Really? I mean, I've been buddies with Jack Johnson since we were 15, 14, 15 years old because of the program. And I mean, it, I don't know about you, but the, the best part about it for me is when I, when I get on the phone with a guy like Jack, um, we, we instantly pick up right where we left off. It's probably a program story. And we probably drive other guys that didn't go to the program crazy. You know, they call them program stories, but like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we went through so much together and I'm sure you have the similar stories going through. So you know, maybe the bus breaking down or you getting caught somewhere and, and you know, there's things that you know, obviously the adventure is crazy. Things happen and, and things that you don't expect to happen. And, and then those are the stories that end up sticking. That's the best part about it i think you know like you said you're just so close knit with these guys you go through all this stuff together you maybe travel across the united states and ushl but you know in the program you tra- travel across the world and the united states with these guys and um you just you create bonds for life so um that's the coolest part about these things and and, and if there's a kid out there that or a parent out there that your kid is being pursued by a ushl team um and your your kid is telling you that they're ready. Or they feel like they're ready. Um, listen to them. You know, listen to their kid. Your kid. If they if they don't feel, I remember telling my dad, Craig. I was telling my dad like I I was like a, I made the Marco Siki was a, was a coach um, up in Green Bay for the Green Bay Gamblers, and I went there to like try out just to feel everything out. And Oz said to me after the the thing I thought I had a terrible, whatever. I just didn't feel like I felt in. I was like four or I, I didn't feel like I, I fit in very well. I was 14. He came up to me after and he said, Hey, you know, we'd like to have you as an alternate in and I'll line up. And I was like, Hey, I remember crying on the way home from Green Bay, Wisconsin, all the way down to Madison. My dad saying, I'm not ready, you know? And I'm so <laughs> grateful that my dad listened and didn't force my hand and let me go back to my sophomore year um, at Verona and, and play, play high school hockey instead of being an alternate on a USHL team, which a lot of people would say, Oh, that's great. You're 14. You're an alternate, but it's, I would have barely played. I would have been around a bunch of, you know, 18 to 21 year old guys. I mean, as a 14 year old, those guys are living a totally different life. They're experiencing totally different things as you kind of briefly touched on. And, um, but at the same time, when the timing's right, if you got a kid that's ready to go, he's being pursued, send him to the USHL, send him to the NHL, um, whatever, whatever you want to do, maybe program, whatever. But it's a great experience. You're hearing it from Craig Smith here, um, myself. But you got exposed, Smitty, um, you know, to USHL hockey. I actually spoke with your your old coach in water from Waterloo. Uh, I forget. Uh, what's, his, what's his name? What, what was your oh, coach's PK, name again? P.K. O'Hanley? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, there's also, yeah, PK, yeah, PK was, um, spoke with him, and a, yeah, 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 uh, Fukushima, yeah, so, so Fukushima was telling me stories about you, and just, like, the crazy competitive nature that you had in, in the USHL, and that's cool to hear as well, and, um, but you, you obviously played really well in Waterloo, you, um, stood out, um, as one of the better players in the team, can you kind of walk us through, and so you said you were, you were, um, committed at University of Wisconsin at a young age, what, what age were you, was that before you went to juniors? I think it was, I just had turned 17 
And that's when uh, Marco Siki came down. I, I verbally committed. Okay. And, and you were in Waterloo? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, so you, obviously USHL brought you that, that exposure for school and, and, um, that's awesome. So what were you being pursued by any other schools where or was Wisconsin it for the time and you just jumped on it? Like, can you kind of talk us or walk us through that process? Yeah. So, I mean, at the time, um, there were, there's so many rules behind, I guess, how teams can contact you. Um, so at the time I, I was too young to be contacted by teams, but by rules, I had to contact, I could, I could be sent letters, but then if I had to do a phone call or, or meet with somebody, it had to be on my behalf. So I would have to go and seek them out if they, you know, through a coach, if I wanted to be able to, to, to speak to them. So, um, yeah, there, there were definitely, definitely a lot of teams. I got a lot of letters. Um, at the time it was a WCHA and I, I got, you know, from, from most of the teams of the WCHA, um, which was really cool. Um, because I'd grown up being in Madison. I mean, those are, you know, that's what the Wisconsin Badgers played in at the time. And that's, you know, all those teams that had come through their years going to games and stuff. Like I watched that. That's where I wanted to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, and then, um, you know, Marco Siki came down assistant coach at the time and he came down and watched practice. And, you know, within a few hours I'd been offered, uh, the scholarship for, for Wisconsin. And, um, yeah, I just remember, you know, get, driving home and I, uh, I didn't have an answer for them right away just cause I was, I needed to call my parents right away just to tell them that I was going to Wisconsin. <laughs> I didn't hope I didn't that's make awesome. nervous or anything, but I just wanted to call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. So the thing is, the thing is, the thing is with that is that whole experience is, um, you know, what you're saying, you're, you know, he came to a practice, he watched for a practice and then, then offered your full ride, which is interesting. Like to a person that maybe doesn't understand how scouting works, um, you would think, oh, wow, you just saw Smitty practice and Smitty was that good in that one practice and you offered him a scholarship. Well, that's not really how it works. So I'm sure Smitty, during the course of the year, they had their assistant coaches for the other assistants and, and you know, other, other scouts that work for University of Wisconsin and all these universities traveling to all the diff- these different programs and or different tournaments and games. And I'm sure they saw Smitty over a, a, a season-long period or a few months at least, and they kind of had their decision made before they talked to him. And, and um, you know, it's it's pretty cool of Oz to show up and, and, and do that in person for you. I don't know if that's normal, if they normally do that with guys. Um, maybe they do it most of, most of the time over the phone. But to, to do it kind of in person for you, um, uh, it sounds like is that's a that's a pretty cool experience. Way to go, Oz. Yeah, <laughs> he had me. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wooed you pretty good. That's a smart, smart coach. And you ended up being a good no. player for the Badgers. So. So yeah, so you, so now you go now you've made a decision. You played in Waterloo. You got the USHL experience under your belt. You're a true freshman, correct? So you went in as a true freshman, eighteen. No, I, I actually played three years in Waterloo. So then I, um, I had one year out of high school, and then I came in. Very cool. That's awesome. So that's another another kind of uh, uh, another example of a, a guy's journey being different. Um, you're maybe you don't even would, I don't know if I would consider you a late bloomer, but because um, you've always been pretty good. Oh, yeah. But but um, oh, that was definitely a late late bloomer coming in, definitely coming into uh, to juniors and going through there in college. Um, but like I said, I mean that's a 
that's kind of where I developed and kind of found myself of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. So that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I think that's obviously, um, uh, something positive to look on for parents and, and kids out there that are maybe not having the success, success as other kids. But, um, if you, if you continue to work hard and, and you're patient with that process, sounds like you were pretty patient with that process, Smitty and developing, taking your time, the time you needed in order to be, you know, become the player that you could. And you went to, you, you made every step. It sounds like when you were actually ready, you didn't force the issue. So, um, you're playing in Madison now, university of Wisconsin, you're a freshman. Um, I know my experience was like being a hometown boy, but what was your experience like? Getting on campus was uh, a little bit of a change for me just because the only time that I had ever come downtown was to go to a hockey game. So just like, I mean, I, I guess I never really knew the layout of my hometown city until I went to school, which was, which was kind of different. But um, I mean, it was, it was very unique being around my family again. I mean, I've been away for three years and, uh, been away from a lot of friends, um, but you know, coming back and, and being able to go through that, um, be on campus and go to school and kind of get in the vibe of things. I remember my dad; he, he was working on a building like not too far from like where I was where I was uh, staying, and it was always on my way to my first class. And I just thought that that was like the coolest thing ever, man. I, I remember just I remember being, like just seeing him every day, just giving him a wave and and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about that, that, that I'll never forget. And, uh, that's so cool. And, uh, yeah, it's so unique, man. Just, but being on campus and, pl- and playing in front of your hometown, all your buddies, I mean, like the dorms were so loud my freshman year that on Thursday nights, I, I, I had the ability to go home and sleep in my own bed. So, you know, I would take, I would take every opportunity to go do that and try to get some rest. Um, but just little things like that would, would stick out. It was just, is is pretty special. So. Yeah, totally. It's so funny that you say all those things because I was just like that, you know, being a hometown boy, you know, for sure. Like every opportunity I could get to sleep in my old, my own bed at, at home, um, like a 15 minute drive away from campus. Like that was ideal for me. Get a good night's sleep. I didn't have to worry about um, some knuckleheads on my floor in Og Hall, um, you know, playing Halo till <laughs> three in the morning, screaming at each other, um, you know, so or or whatever their guys, the kids were doing those days. But, um, I was focused on hockey. Sounds like you were the same, same thing. That's the reason why we were there. And, um, but it was really cool. You, you, you kind of touched on was, was just like the whole idea of downtown Madison. Um, I'm sure it's, it's gotta be the same for Ann Arbor as well. And it's a similar kind of landscapes as far as uh, towns go. Um, but I grew up in Fitchburg, which is kind of the opposite end of town than you. And, and, uh, I never, I, I would go down remember Parthenon's girls. It still exists today, but uh, that's neither oh, so. here nor there. So I would like go shout down there with Parthenon. my aunts and uncles. Yeah. Shout out to Parthenon's. <laughs> I don't know if they yeah. have any sponsorships, but Parthenon's yeah. should be big one. <laughs> that would be a huge one. Get some free girls. I'll take them out here in Utah. I miss them. But anyways, um, we'd go to Parthenon's every now and again. And that would be, and I, I would always be, you know, look around and I never really understand downtown, but then I was 18 freshman in university of Wisconsin. And I, my, I, my head almost exploded, you know, like I was like, this has been here my entire life. It was like, there's a little bubble in, in Madison where it's like a whole different universe. 
down there. So it's funny that you had the same experience as well. Cause I mean, you lived on the East side, which is a little bit closer to downtown, but um, mm-hmm. man, like that, I had the same exact feeling. Like I can't even believe that this has exist, existed my whole life and I didn't know about it. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> um, well, totally different animal. And obviously people, People know Madison's a great, obviously, party school, but you know we were we were focused athletes, and, and uh, uh, we were we were you know going to school and, and and playing hockey, and you know obviously having a little fun here and there. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I had, I had my share of fun at, at school, and but um, so you you played two years under Mike Eves um, at at uh, at Madison. What were some things that you learned from Ever? Um, obviously, he's a, he's a different animal as a coach. I mean, he was. Um, he's a very, very intense guy. Um, I, I'm assuming that you didn't really run into anybody in the hockey world that was anything like him. I know I didn't um, up until uh, maybe John Hines at the program. But uh, what was that experience playing for Eber, uh for you? Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I had, I had a, a, a great relationship with him. Um, you know, just things that like stuck out for me was that guy's passion for the game and like what level that needed to be at if you wanted to succeed and get better. I mean, this guy, I don't know how old he is. I don't know how old he was at the time, but I mean, he, he was in a full sweat, the whole practice, full sweat. <laughs> um, but I mean, he was, he was as detailed as I've ever had. And just his um, ability to stay ahead of the game and think out of the box and, and find little ways to get better. I mean, I, I remember we had like tidbit days, they call them. And it was just like a skill day, but there was like multiple of, of different, uh, I guess obstacles or things on the ice or, or skills that we were learning. And, and it's just, uh, breaking it down and just showing you just, just the smallest little scale. I remember, him showing us a two-on-one one time, and and um, and he, I mean, it's just something as small as coming down and shaving, shaving with one foot really quick, just to pull up, and that gave you two extra feet to try to make a pass, or or it just gave you maybe a few extra feet to kind of slow things down. I mean, just stuff like that you would learn from him, and he was just a the ultimate teacher for me. Um, so, you know, I, I really liked him and, and, uh, you know, his intensity just kind of made it that much better because you really didn't, you didn't want to let him down and you wanted to learn from him. And, um, so he was, he was a great teacher for me. Yeah, he was, he was a really, he's a challenging coach, but he, he really was a good teacher. Like you said, he's really good at those little details. In fact, he prided himself on details of the game and even just throwing quotes up on the board and, and you had to memorize the quote sort of thing and um, just memorize things like scoped, which is a, you know, abbreviated slogan that he had that just represented, I could, I could go through scope, what that means uh, to this day. It's burned into my brain. So that guy, um, super detailed. Um, and it sounds like you learned a lot from, him, which is great. So you, um, you know, play a couple years at school and then you, you, I remember, I remember kind of walking this, uh, walking through this with you. You were end of your sophomore year, and I think it was Jim Johansson. Um, God rest his whole, uh, his soul. Um, um, he, he was talking to me about you and, and saying that you were going to invite to the world championships in, in, uh, in Slovakia. And, uh, we were going to take the limo together down in Chicago. What was kind of going through your mind, 
you're ending your sophomore year in college. You just got approached by Team USA to play world championships at the pro level in Slovakia. Um, can you? And this is kind of like the lead up to your major decision to kind of kickstart your professional career. Can you kind of walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, I I, I got a call from actually it was a couple weeks before that. Um, Mike Hughes, I, I was going through my exit meeting with him and just kind of follow up meeting at the end of the year um, to go over the season and, 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 you know, what lies ahead. So I remember him mentioning to me, he says, Hey, um, I can't really tell you what or when it's, it's going to happen, but you should just stay in shape. If you, if you can skate a little bit, just keep staying in shape. And I was like, okay. And I, and like, I had no idea. And, um, so then I got a call from Jim Johansson and him, you know, inviting me to the to world championships and stuff. And I just couldn't believe it that it was like, I mean, that get a chance to play against the NHL guys. I'm like, what am, <laughs> what am I doing here? And, uh, so I, I remember, um, getting all the information and getting kind of fired up and I'd never been, um, uh, to Europe or across seas before. So, you know, I'm a little nervous about that, but I'm too excited to be too excited to really worry about it. Um, I remember, um, I mean, I had, I had no idea what to pack. I'm so glad they gave us a duffel bag there full of, full of USA gear. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what I packed. Um, but I remember being able to meet, meet up with you and, and, and the, to ride down in the limo or not the limo. Was, you a, no, it, it was, a, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a pretty much a limo. It was, it was, it, I think they, I think they got it for me. Because I think it, yeah, they they got it for me, but I, we, we had, to, yeah, we had <laughs> no, but it was, but I think it was we let you tag along because you were still in college, and obviously there were some NCAA rules that we, they had to kind of make sure that they abided by, but um, we kind of let you uh, tag along and all that stuff, and we wanted to make sure that you still were able to go back and play in college if you made that decision. But um, yeah, we rode down to Chicago. I remember having those talks about this, and you were kind of you weren't panicked, but I remember you were just like really wet behind the ears you're really quiet and you're just like you know kind of tense you know you're just like that you didn't know what you're gonna you're about to experience yeah no totally totally i mean i was just nervous i mean i guess um you know i see i see it all the time and it's and it's um you just you just don't know what to expect really like you're just kind of sitting there and you're kind of waiting just to kind of few things out and and you're just waiting for your chance to kind of just like just kind of to, to let her rip with the boys. But I mean, it's, um, I, I mean, it's different. I mean, you see these guys that you, I mean, I watched you on TV for so long. I mean, I got a picture, I got a signed picture of you on the wall. Like in my, in my childhood. And, uh, um, and so, I mean, I mean, that whole environment is just, it's just so, I guess like it's, it's a little overwhelming to a sense. I mean, all these guys that are, you show up at the airport and guys are making millions of dollars and you play a thousand games in the NHL and, and I haven't even signed a pro contract yet. And, and, and you're coming in there and you just don't really know where you fit in or what, you know, how the team's going to formulate. So, um, yeah, definitely. That's, that was a, that was a, a big point in my life and a, a big eye up, another eye opener for me to go and see different competition and see what it's really like. And, um, you know, that, that tournament was definitely just massive for me for my decision and, and, uh, where I felt like I was with my game and, and how sure I was. And, um, and it definitely was a lot of fun. I mean, I got to know you 
uh, really well. I got to know Jack really well and uh, make sure I always say hi to you guys and, um, every time I see you. So we, we definitely made some memories at, at that tournament that uh, that um, definitely I won't forget. Yeah, that was a good that was a good first dose for you, I think, at the pro level. And and um, I remember um, seeing you play a little bit and and just trying to calm you throw some water on the fire and just let you know, like, dude, you're gonna you're gonna be just fine. Like, you're gonna be just fine. You're gonna fit right in. And I think you had the the normal, you know, nerves going through you, the first pro experience. And and can you kind of because um, we'll get right into your pro career. We're, we're going a little long, but. Um, when you first experienced that pro level hockey, what was that like for you uh, compared to, to college and, and what, what kind of was going through your head? I I mean, I was going to go a hundred miles an hour. I was just going to go as fast as I could just to try to, just to try to stick out really. Uh, yeah. But I got there and I, and I realized that things, everything's more controlled than I thought it was going to be. So I was like, okay, well, I, got, I mean, I, I had the speed to kind of get me, I, I can, I can, I'm caught up. That's for sure. And I, you know, everything else is kind of, you just almost got to relax and just like learn from all the guys and see what they're doing. And, and there's plays to be made. And, um, but you know, if you got the skills to make the plays where they're going to be, you know, I, I thought that I, I did. And I had enough at the time to, to make the plays and, and, um, you know, I ended up having a pretty good tournament, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's just more poised than I thought it was going to be. College is just, it's, there's a lot of running around in college and, and, um, but once you get to the pro level, everybody's got different skills and unique, uh, specialties and, and, and they all add them in. So, I mean, just for my first pro experience, I remember that practice that we had and, going through it and, and, uh, it was almost like I was doing things a little bit too fast and, and just kind of follow my groove. And I was, I was good. Yeah. You kind of let your hockey sense and your, and your instincts take over. That's for sure. Um, I remember, yeah, you kind of were going to, their plan on it sounded like to have you kind of as an alternate kind of put you in, maybe play a couple exhibition games. Um, kind of what they college young guys, but you played so well in the exhibition games that they just had you stick in the lineup, which was really cool to see. I was really happy for you on that one. Um, okay. So then, so then after that experience, you, you obviously must've done something to you and your heart because you, you decided, Hey, I'm ready to go play pro. Cause you signed, uh, shortly after in that off season to, uh, to go to Nashville. Um, what was that like? Um, it, it was, it was great, man. I was so excited to sign. I was, I was, it was a big decision, but I remember, I mean, we had talks a couple of weeks it took and, you know, finally I was like, this is, this is a good step for me with, with where Nashville was at at the time I was drafted. And, um, so I kind of had an idea of where, what some of my competition was, I guess, some of the guys that I went to camp with and, um, you know, it, it just, it, it really worked out. You know, I, I was going there with, uh, Blake Jeffrey on who I'd played with in college um, he won the Hobie Baker that year. So, you know, I, I knew him well enough that I was going down to camp with him, um, be his second year. So he kind of took me under his wing when I got there and, and made sure I felt comfortable. And, um, but def- definitely nerves, definitely nerves. I mean, um, you know, I, I figured that if, you know, if I didn't, if I ended up not making the team, you know, I'm, I'm the, 
you know, the, their uh, affiliate team was in, was in Milwaukee. So it wasn't that far away from home. I mean, everything just seemed like a great, I was in a, like I was in a good position. And um, as far as the team wise, you know, I, I did think that I had a shot, but I really, you really don't know until you get to camp and feel it out. Um, but it's, um, I ended up having a really good rookie camp coming through, scored a couple goals, um, you know, in the games and, and, and played really well and, and thought that I would stuck out enough to, to stick around at camp for a few extra days. And, and so just getting through that and, and, and taking care of your body, I felt great. I didn't have any injuries, which was knock on wood. I mean, it was, it was, it was great. So, um, you know, they ended up having to getting down to the last couple of guys and, and making the team. And, um, so it was, it was, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, I remember watching that rookie camp that you were in down in Florida. Was actually, I was playing for the Panthers back then, so I got a chance to watch you guys play a few of those games at the practice rink down in Coral Springs. And remember, you had a hat trick one of those games, and you were actually playing center. You played wing most of your college college career, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. They, they switched you to center, and I know you were a little bit nervous about that, but then you just lit it up. I think you had like three or four goals in one of the games, and I was just like, okay, this kid's – this kid's making the team. Like you just knew right off that. Um, so you, you end up going to camp and, and obviously you had a great experience, but let's kind of fast forward to your first NHL game. So you've made the team in Nashville and, and you play your first NHL game. And I was looking up on Wikipedia. It looks like you scored in that first game and it was against Columbus, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It was in the second period, I believe. So yeah, that was, that was really cool. Getting, uh, getting to, um, you know, getting the score on the first one was, was big time. It was just like Shay shot it right through the goalie and it was sitting right behind him and I was behind the net and I was able to get a stick on it. So yeah, that was That's cool. That was really that was really exciting. What was what was your first ever NHL game like? What was like walk us through that. Um I know you, you have to remember it. I remember mine to this day. Um but what what was your experience like? I I remember my my first shift. I mean the only thing that was going through my mind was all right, this is my first shift. You got to remember this. <laughs> you got to remember this. <laughs> like, that's what I remember from my first shift. <laughs> I remember just having a back check and like, I mean, I was, I was just trying to go as hard as I possibly could. Um, uh, but I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was in Columbus. I mean, I just remember the feel from it from camp until the actual game. Everything was just like, all the players were in the lineup. It was just like, everybody was kind of just more relaxed. And I just felt like that was such like a weird, uh, it's just like a different feeling for me at the time. I mean, it's, um, it's just like the game kind of settled in and, and the game was starting to be played a little bit differently than camp. And I was like, okay, this is, this is how it's, this is how it's supposed to be played. Things yeah, it's almost like- and, and just, it's great. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, in training camp, it's call it's almost like college hockey. Everyone's just running around, going as hard as they can, trying to make a team. And then once once the, you get into the regular season, things kind of you're right. They're you're spot on. It just like calms down. Everyone kind of loosens up a little bit. Now they're like, Okay, we got eighty two games. We don't have six games to showcase ourselves. We have eighty two games to to get in, in playoff contention. You know, everyone kind of relaxes a little bit. And uh yeah, that's really cool that you bring that up. Um so uh, one thing that I touch with everybody before we end, and I think obviously we went really long and this is really hard not to go along with a guy like you, because obviously we got a good history together and same thing with J JJ, um, him and I have a good history. We could talk for hours on this sort of stuff, but, but, um, 
you know, you've played how many years now professional, Smitty? Nine years. Okay. Congrats. That's awesome. So nine years, all NHL. How many games? Oh, man. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I honestly couldn't yeah, tell you. You got <laughs> to be pushing close to 600, no? Maybe 500? You're close. Six? You got six? Six. I don't know, maybe 650, 640, something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. So what a career so far. And obviously you got many years under your belt. You're still healthy. You're doing really well and and, uh, taking care of yourself. But so you've played over 600 games in NHL in nine years. What have you learned about being a pro? What does it mean to be a professional? In a short sense, I, I, I I would say that a professional man, there's so many things that go into it. As far a professional shows up every day, every day, no matter what, and does something is from what I've learned. I mean, just from watching other guys, um, other good pros when I was, when I was my first year, I mean, I'd be just a, just a good one. For example, a guy that like I trained with a lot, Joe Pavelski, um, and I watch, I watched him over the years of, um, it's, it's coming in every day, having a set schedule, having your things that you're going to do to having a good routine, um, and making sure that there are things that you're doing every day with your time that are going to be positive and taking advantage of that. And I think like, those are the biggest qualities that I see from, from, from good pros. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It, 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 and it doesn't matter how much they do of it, but if, I mean, it could be a few reps at something, or it could be making sure they get a stretch or, but they do things every single day and they're consistent. Um, and th- those are some of the, some of the best pros. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much what everyone else has been saying, but that's, you're spot on. It's just consistency for me being a pro, like you said, showing up every single day, no matter what. Um, you're going to be days that you're tired, you're exhausted, you don't really want to go in the rink. Well, you got to find a way to do it because you're you're being paid to do this. It's a tremendous responsibility, and um, you, know, you got to be a pro. And, and let me ask you this: kind of one of the last final questions I'll ask. Since day one of your NHL career, all the way till now. Um, has the hard work changed? Has the work, work, work level changed? I think work level has gone up <laughs> and I think it's yeah. going to have to keep continuing going up. I mean, there's just, there's just, I mean, I'm getting old. I'm definitely getting older, but, um, where the game is at now, you have to consistently evolve with it. And that is just endless work and to keep finding ways to get better. But I also say, I think you work a little smarter the older you get to. Yeah. And you've, you're smarter with your body. You're smarter with what you're putting into yourself. You're smarter with the way you train and backing off and trying to just stay away from injuries. Cause, I mean, that is, that is just like, ha- that's 70% of the battle right there. Yeah, I think you're right. It, 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 one of the Bobby Holico was, I was having a conversation with him. It was actually in Park City uh, like four or five years ago. 
And he said, you know, like right around 30, 32 is like his peak. You know, it was where he mentally and physically he was aligned. It was like that was the peak of both. Before that point, it was like physically he never felt any better, but mentally he wasn't really there. And then after that point, it was mentally he was sharper than ever, but physically he started going downhill. So you're kind of reaching that that point in your career where like you're starting to line up, like all systems go mentally and physically, the peak of your career, which is really cool. And I, I'd be interested to, because how old are you now? 30 years old. Yeah. So you just, you just turned 30. So you're, you're right. You're entering that zone, which is just awesome. And, and I'd like to maybe talk to you later on and just see how you feel. But, um, I know when I was <clears throat> turning 30, I, you know, after 30, I, I started feeling better and better every single year, every single off season, I feel better than I ever have at 32 right now. So, um, <clears throat> that's cool. That you say that the hard work has not changed other than maybe it's, it's gone up in ways. And then you've, you've worked smarter, you've worked harder in ways, but you've worked smarter, which is really cool. And, and, um, I, I'm assuming that a lot of kids out there think that you, that dream of making it to the NHL, you made it now you can coast. It's like, no, like you're, this is a full career. This is uh you have to wake up every day and work your work as hard as you possibly can and outwork others even in, the, in in your team on your team in the locker room and in the league in the world uh you name it um work ethic does not change it gets harder as you as you go and that's really cool for you to hear hear you say that so um martin i think we've ran quite quite a bit over an hour maybe maybe an hour and 10 here but um smitty um i always kind of leave this, this these this conversation with with one final question that's um if they're Obviously, the, for our listeners that are listening, do you have any advice to either parents, kids, coaches um, about youth development or your your own journey? Um, maybe they're going through some of the similar similar things you went through. Do you have any advice for them? What would you say? And you stump everybody with this one because <laughs> I'm trying to give you something out of the box right now, but. <laughs> no, no, you just, just go, go with what's on your heart, man. If there's a little kid in front of you and asking you like, you know, I, I, I want to be a professional hockey player and, um, what would, what advice would you give them? Man, I, I don't want to say hard work. I don't want to say have fun because everybody <laughs> Yeah, but if that. it's, yeah, Thanks. that's true. Oh yeah. No, no, those are, those are definitely true, man. But I mean, I, I would say, I would say, if I would say one thing that my, my parents had instilled in me, it was a quote that Mike, I remember my mom cutting it out and putting it on the front door one time. And, and my dad would always say it to me. It's like, good things happen to good people who work hard. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, that's cool. And you know, what's really cool about you is you've always been humble. Uh, um, that's something that I admire about you. Um, you're, you're just one of the most humble guys I know in this game. Um, in a, in a world where it's really easy to try to be the alpha dog and, and Mr. You know, tough guy, you know, you play in the NHL and want to be Mr. Cool guy, but Smitty, you've kept it pretty even keel and you just, you know, kept your nose down and, and, and done the work. And it's, uh, it's really cool. And I commend you for that. So thanks for coming on our show and, and honestly, Smitty best, best of luck in the rest of your career. And I hope to have you back on the show or Martin and I hope to have you back on the show in the future. Maybe talk about some other things. Uh, I know that you're really, really keen on nutrition. You have been for a long time. Um, another thing that I admire about you too. So maybe, maybe something like that along those lines later on down the road, but thanks for joining us today. Best of luck in the rest of your career. Um, it's been fun, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it.